this series talks about our DNA, what makes us us as uh, the Rock Church. Week one, we talked about how scripture matters to us so much uh, that we'll hold fast on a scripture as it is our guide and absolute authority in everything. Week two, we talked about how the lost matter, and we concluded that the lost matter to God, so then the lost matters to us. And really quick, if you uh, missed out on any of these sermon series, you can go on therockNP.com, catch up on all of them. They're all recorded on there. Last week, we talked about generosity matters that we believe uh, that we're called to be consistently generous with our time, talents, and treasure to God, to our church, and to those even around us, because we believe it is better to give than to receive. And today, we're talking about our fourth value. Uh, So if you can open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 41. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. They're in your message guide notes. You can pull these out and follow along with us. Uh, A couple fill in the blanks. And we also got them on the TVs behind me. Um, But we're going to be picking up on a scene, uh, uh, kind of really out of a place in history, that's very important to us as the church. This picks up shortly, just a few moments after uh, Pentecost. And it's really about the first century church. So Jesus has died on the cross. He had risen and has ascended to heaven, uh, and he told his people to wait in Jerusalem because he was going to send them a helper called the Holy Spirit, and so they waited, and scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit descended on them, and some really, really cool things happened. You can read about that, and Peter gave a really killer sermon. Uh, that's, is, do kids still say killer today if I say lit? Is that is on point doing that? I'm not that old, so I mean, but, but I say words like that, and they're like, that's not even cool anymore. Like, don't even try. Okay, he preached a very Good sermon. Uh, And in fact, it was a really great sermon that in one day, the church grew from just a handful of people to 3,000 people. From a handful of people to 3,000 people. Now, uh, we celebrate when uh, our services are packed out and God's doing some really great things. But can you imagine a handful of people, and I just gave one uh, five-minute sermon, and then God's like, yeah, here's 3,000 more, right? Something as big is about to happen. But I wanted to look at what happened to this church following after. And this is where we pick up on Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. We're going to read the whole thing, um, and we'll go from there. And it says this. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracle signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Today, we're talking about what matters, and if I can put this picture into one word, and I think the perfect word, at least in my opinion, is the word community, and that is the fourth value today. We're talking about community matters to us at The Rock Church. I didn't know if you've noticed this, but we are created for community, like everything about us yearns for community. We, we crave to be with someone. We, we want fellowship. We want conversation. We want relationships. We want friendships. In fact, in scripture, we can read in Genesis that God created us. Why? So that we could have community with him. 
That is why God created us, so that we can have community for, with him and for him. And we read that Adam and Eve, and they had this deep community with God, so much so that Scripture just says that they walked with God. That's how close their community was, and they strolled with God all the time. But then something happened that shattered that relationship. It shattered community, really. Adam and Eve were deceived by Satan, and they sinned against God, thus breaking this community between them and God. And ever since this, this, this fracture entered the world, we call it the fall of man. Ever since this happened, people have been striving for community and searching it in different places. They, they, they tried to move to different cities. Even today, we have groups and clubs, and, and some of those are great. Some of them are not so great. People try to find community through addiction and, and problems and issues and, and attitudes and all those different things. But the one thing that we're always searching for is community. We're, uh, we're actually, we're, uh, um, my wife and I, we are in a process of trying to figure out what school is best uh, for our kids. And uh, all the schools are here, so I'm not here to pick on schools or anything. But we're picking schools based on one thing for our kids. Where do their friends go? Because they want community. Even us, you guys, those of you who call the Rock Church here, you came here not, well, maybe because you have, you know, a good-looking pastor that preaches really well. Um, but more so, you have friends and family that attend here, so you have community here. You guys are in different groups and hangouts and all those different things, all for this one word, community. We want community. We are hardwired for community. And I don't know if, if, if this was kind of like your school, but in my school, my, my, my class was big enough that we had smaller communities called cliques. Anyone, anyone here had cliques in their high school? Now, if you grew up, like, the surrounding areas, your school was, like, maybe 15. Like, that was your graduate class. So you were in all the different communities. But I had a graduate class of a couple hundred. And these cliques were just groups of people that shared a bond and a friendship through common interests. For instance, you would see all the athletes hanging out. The theater kids, you saw them in their group. Um, what we called the goths. I don't know. Do, we, do people still have goths today? You know, the black baggy pants. And all that was that was that your community? Is that no 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 I'm kidding? Uh, no, but but they would all hang out, and it was funny about that because even the 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 anti community they would form their own community to be anti against all community, right? I mean, that, that, it, it's because we are hardwired for community, and so you would see all these different cliques, and even today, again, we have moms clubs, uh, uh, we have the Rotary clubs. Uh, you would hang out with guys that like to work on cars just like you do, or a church group. Why? Because we are made for community. And believe it or not, if you say, well, I'm just good in my house, I can shut the door, uh, draw the shades, and we're good to go, and I'm, I'm by myself, even you, you crave community. You want friendships. You want to have those relationships. But since the fall of man, humans have been seeking community in all the different places. But I believe there should be one place, one place that real community should be found, and that's at God's local church. If there's a place that should have real community, open arms, accepting people, loving people, and forming friendships and relationships that are deep and not shallow, it should be God's local church. It should be found at church. 
And this is why community matters. In fact, if there's a statement to go uh, with this value, it would be this. This would be the statement, is that we are created for community. We believe that we are better together through our gathering, Sunday gatherings, uh, community groups, serving, and being present in our city so that, so that our love for one another deepens and grows. So that it deepens and grows. We just read the scripture from the early church, and this is exactly what we see in this picture. The early church gave themselves to four things. So here are the four things. You can write these down. They're not in your notes, but you can write them down. They gave them to four things. They gave themselves to the teaching, which would be kind of our Sunday gatherings. This would be considered teaching. Um, they would be committed to fellowship. That would be the community. Breaking of bread. That would be communion and food. How many of you guys know? I mean, it ain't a Christian gathering unless you have some food, right? I mean, come on now. I mean, we're, that's why we're having a potluck today. I, I'm an evident of potluck. A lot of potlucks, really. But even them, they wanted to get together around food, and then they would devote themselves to prayers. And really, it's so simple. It's so simple. They, the early church, and this wasn't just like a handful of little people. I mean, this was what we would consider a mega church. 3,000 plus people made this a priority in their walk with Jesus Christ and all of this is encompassed within community. These were the four essential things that they would practice and do to walk out their faith. And really, it worked. It worked. And if I can be honest, this still works today. I think, this is my personal opinion, I, I think a lot of churches, we get so caught up that when we grow, we think we need to add more things and more programs. And really what it does, it complicates things and it breaks up community. Because we're starting to say, hey, you, you, you go here, you go here, you go here, you go here, and there's not that natural community. And so I say this for those who have been here for a while, even before I came here uh, almost five years ago. It is possible to keep growing and to have community because if the early church can do it, so can we. But you have to devote yourselves to community with other believers. In this early church, I mean, this isn't like, like a community, like it was a Christian club, but it was a community that really people wanted to be a part of. They saw this early church. It wasn't a Christian country club. You didn't have to wear a suit and tie. Oh, thank God I don't wear a suit and tie. Man, I would hate that. Uh, I, I sweat in suit and tie, if you guys are wondering. Like I'm sweating now. It's, it's not good. It's not pretty. Um, but, but they would see this, and they would see the, this, this Christian community, and they'd be like, I want to be a part of that. And this Christian community, they had open arms and open hearts. And we know this by what we read later, that God added to their number each day. In fact, community was really happened, and the verse that we just read uh, calls it fellowship. And just give a little kind of teaching here. Uh, the really Greek term for this is called koinonia. I can spell it out for you for those nerds out there. It's K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. It's koinonia, which means this. It's much more than just friends hanging out. It, it's, a, it's a shared unity. It's a, it's a close association. It's partnership, uh, society. And they even call it a brotherhood. Brotherhood and, and sisterhood that's really brought about by the Holy Spirit. And this word koinonia, this, this deep fellowship within the Christian community, this happens because Christians, they share a strong, intimate bond due to one commonality. And that's their commonality in Jesus Christ. Their one commonality in Jesus Christ. 
In fact, this commonality in Christ is so strong that it drew outside people, those who don't even share that commonality. They wanted it because they saw the community, and so they became a part of it. What's sad today is really the church is having this opposite effect. People see a church, and they don't want that commonality. They say, I don't want to be a part of that church. I don't want to be part of that group. I, I, I want to stay far from that. And we can say, well, the world is changing and they're hardening their hearts. And, and really, you would be right in saying that. But I would also argue this. I think the church has also really closed the doors to the world. Maybe out of fear or pride or maybe out of preservation. And so I would argue with us today. I, I, would, I would really try to persuade you with this thought. That the Rock Church needs to be a place, and I'm not saying it's not, it is, but it needs even more so to be a place of community for us, and more importantly, for those who don't know yet. The church needs to be a place for community for us, and for those who don't know yet. And so, it's about community, and this is what matters to us as the Rock Church, and because we want to know what is it, what's kind of in it for us, here's just a few things that this is what community does for the church and does for you and does for those who don't even know yet. This is it. Number one is this. Community deepens us. Community deepens us. Acts chapter 2, 40, uh, verse 41 says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to that church, 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing of meals, and to prayer. We see the early church just fully committed, fully devoting themselves to the things of Christ. The the big gatherings on Sunday, like like this, I don't know if they had church on Sunday, but here we have church on Sunday, Uh, meeting with other Christians through the week, sharing meals and receiving communion together, and really praying for one another because this is the church and this is what God had envisioned for his church. And what I want you to notice is this, step on toes just a little bit this morning, notice that they weren't okay with just attending church corporately. They weren't okay with just attending church on Sunday. Because really, that is what the American church is. Attend on church on Sunday, see a pastor, see everyone else. I, I call you my friend, but really, I don't call you, I don't text you, I don't really know you or know your story, but I could call your friend because we go to church, but then I don't see you next Sunday, and that's it. But the early church, they went even deeper with their community. Churches still do this today. They met, on, I, would, I would argue, they met on almost on a week, just through the week with one another. And that's what we call a community group here at the Rock Church. But they would meet together all the time in, in, in smaller groups through their churches or through their homes and breaking bread. And really, that is what we do at the Rock Church with our community groups. And so I have to do this, is this, is that I would urge you to join a community group and don't be satisfied just meeting on Sundays. Don't be just okay with this. Meet together. Why? Because this, this is good stuff, but you're not going to be deepened with the things of Jesus Christ if you just feed from this. You can eat with this, but you're going to starve through the whole week. And on Saturday night, you're going to think, man, I feel empty. Pastor Vaughn better have some good food tomorrow. 
and then you eat. And then you wonder why people get upset if I don't have enough for you to eat. It's because you need to feed yourself with community through the week. And again, we do this through community groups. And what you, begin to, what you begin to see, church, is when you make a community and an importance, you will see yourself grow in Christ. You begin to deepen your, your wisdom and your relationship with one another and in Jesus. Just for an example, uh, my marriage is stronger because I have been in community with people who have strong marriages. That, it happens like that. My knowledge and wisdom has grown because I have been in community with those who are wiser than myself. My financial state is better because I have been in community who know how to steward finances well. My parenting is better because I have been in community with those who parent well. My relationship with Jesus has gotten stronger because I have been in community with those who have a fiery passion for the Lord. You see, community will deepen you. Community is for your growth and, and, to, and, and to mature you. And that is why we push community groups so hard. We have so many different groups. You can sign up there in the back or online. Some of them meet about finances. Some of them meet about marriage. Some we have the, 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 the rock youth and all those different little communities so that, so that you can grow in Christ. Because community deepens us. Number two is this. Community unifies us. This is kind of a big one. Community unifies us. Verse 44 says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had in need. Now, I'm going to let you know we're not going to be doing a big rock church garage sale. We're bringing all our stuff. We're going to divide it up. So take deep breath. It's going to be okay. We're not going to be doing that. But, 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 I do want you to see the unity that they had. Because this act, it's a very, it, it's a very radical act just to sell everything and, and, and to divide it all up. See, this wasn't forced, but this was organic. It was natural. Why? Because they were in unity. They're in unity. Unity is essential. I would say essential in the success of the church and the community helps cultivate the unity that is needed. I believe a church divided accomplishes Satan's plan, but a church unified moves Jesus' kingdom forward like no other. A church divided makes Satan smile. But when a church is unified, we become a powerful force like no other. And this is why, I, this is why community matters, because community fosters. When a church is unified, not only do we benefit, but so does the world. Imagine this, and, and this isn't just like this would be a good idea. This is actually studies by Barna Group and research studies that if the church would unify, if the church would unify, we can solve world problems like world hunger, foster crisis, homelessness, and those who are lacking, and even education. They, they even put this, and I didn't put this in there, but they even say this, that if, if the church would unify their, their stewardship of their finances, it would only take a quarter of the cost of each church to solve world hunger. It shows the disunity in the church. And, I, and we know this because back in the past when the churches were unified, we were known for creating orphanages. 
We were known for building centers. We were known for building schools and hospitals. But really, when was the last time you heard a church doing such things? We heard churches building bigger and better. And those are good things. And, you know, we, we'll probably plan that here in the future. But when was the last time you heard a church unified so much that it did something as radical as this? We haven't, right? It's been a long time. Unity for us believers was the only prayer request of Jesus for us before he died. That is how important unity is to God. Right before Jesus, he was with all his disciples, and they're giving all their prayer requests. And it comes to Jesus, you kind of imagine this. And he says, Jesus, do you have anything you want to pray about? He's like, yes, I've got one thing that I want to pray for. One thing is I want to pray for unity. You can even see this, John 17, verse 22. He ends with this, it says, so that they, meaning the church, you guys, so that they may be one. That is how important unity is for Jesus. I, I have heard this, and this gets under my skin, and so I'm not going to be on the soapbox for too much, but, but, but I hear things like, oh, I don't need to get to know people. Yeah, you do. If you don't, you're really going to feel left out, and then what happens? You become bitter against the church. Oh, I don't need to be a part of that. I've got all the community, just me and my cat, and that we're good to go. Nothing against cats, just, you know. But we need to have community, church. We have to. It's essential. This community brings unity. Community unifies us, thus strengthening us to do amazing things. In the early church, their unity caused them to sell everything and divide everything equally so that no one was in need. Man, if you want to see, if you want to see North Platte change, the churches in themselves need to have community. And then even beyond that, the churches with other churches need to have community. That's really why we have a combined Good Friday service with other churches out in the valley. Because we believe that when the church is unified, we have this community with other believers. Man, hell and they need to watch what they, what, what's coming against them. Because when Christians are unified, we become an unstoppable force. Another church, they did this. and I mean, this is community. Now, community being forced, this is where I want to get a little bit. Community being forced is what we call communism. And that doesn't work. Community needs to be natural. So I'm not standing here saying you need to be in community or else. I'm not going to force you into that. But I would say, would you just put it in your prayers and say, what does community look like for you in our church? What does it look like? Number three is this, community expands us. And this point, it's really about the church growing, adding more to the church. Look what happens in Acts 2.47. It says, all the while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You see, people, just like I said earlier, people crave community. People want community. And, and not just like cliques and clubs here and there, but true koinonia, true community, true fellowship. And scripture says that our community in Christ is really stronger than any other community that we can find. And when community is centered around our faith in Jesus, that fellowship is strong. And really, it's attractive to those who don't even belong to that community yet. You see, when churches have community, the churches begin to grow. People want to have that community. 
In fact, if you want to know kind of the biggest reasons why people don't join a church or go to church, is because of the lack of community. There's no unity. There's no, there's no deepening. There's no challenging. There, there, there's none of that. But when a church has community, it's attractive to other people. And this is why community matters. We believe we are created for community. We believe that we are better together through our gatherings and community groups and serving and being present in our city so that our love for one another grows. I was a part of a church um, a little over five years ago. I was a youth pastor up in Scotts Bluff, and it's a fairly uh, decent-sized church. Uh, but there was a point where the church began to grow a little bit. And, uh, and I, would, I would say it's because of community. We had in my youth group, um, I had a young kid with special needs. He was bound to a wheelchair, um, and he was just having a lot of just illness and pain. And uh, sadly, he actually passed away tragically. And uh, I get a call about uh, 3, 4 in the morning, and it's the pastor. And he says, hey, um, a kid from your youth group just passed away. You need to get to the hospital. And so we get up to the hospital, and he's there, and the whole family's there. And it's, it's just a tragic, tragic thing. Everyone's crying, and this little uh, boy's body's laying there. And I'm sitting there, and, I, and I'm, I'm like 19 at this time. I've never had to do this. So I'm like, man, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? And the pastor looks over me. He says, don't, don't worry about it. The, the church will, will handle this. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it will naturally happen. Like, people will surround them. And so I kid you not, we, we didn't really plan anything. We had to plan the funeral. I said a few words. The pastor said a few words. But in that transition time, they were actually part of a community group with a bunch of ladies. But during that time, they were taken care of with food, with healing and praying and just having a shoulder to cry on. Even the community group, they, they planned the whole funeral. And even after the funeral, because how many of you guys know it's not the time between the funeral, it's the time following the, the funeral. Even after the funeral, they were there night and day just loving on this family. And what is happening, it was community. And people outside the church saw this. Because usually what happens is the pastor did everything. But this church, this community group was so tight with one another that community naturally happened to take care of one another. And people were drawn to the church because of that. And that's why I'm saying community matters. That matters. So let me wrap up with this because we're going to end this a little bit early because we're going to have a potluck in our business meeting today. But I just want to give you four ways to have community here at the Rock Church. Just four ways. And you can write these down and you can pray over them and you can think, you know, do I need to be a part of this or not? They're your choice. But here are four ways you can have community at the Rock Church. Number one is this. Attend Sunday service. Attend Sunday service. And, and, and really, not just like when you feel like it, but like make Sunday service a priority in your life. Make attending church a priority in your life. It, growing up, I grew up in a very strong Christian household. I love my parents. And, uh, but there was one thing I never had to question. And it was this, waking up on Sunday morning, mom, dad, are we going to church today? No, you don't. You might get slapped if you ask that. You might, no, I'm just kidding. But no, no, we were going to church. Even so, and I was so angry at my parents for, for, for doing this to me. But it, it was, it, we would have like prom and all these late nights. And I was on varsity football, so I would have all these late weekends traveling back and forth. And still, Sunday morning would come around. Vaughn, are you up yet? We got to go to church. We got to go. I was just at prom. I was just at a football game. Like I got home at 4 in the morning. Like, who cares? We're going to church. And it sounds like kind of mean, and it sounds like, oh, I would never do that to my kids. But what it instilled in me was Sunday mattered. Sunday was priority. And because of that, I fostered relationships that I still have today. 
I can still go back to that church and just walk in right where we left off. Why? Because we made Sunday a priority. Because we attended Sunday service with no questions asked. We had community with them. And people are asking, Vaughn, the church is growing, and I don't know names, and well, we need to do this and that. And really, I want to say, hey, maybe you should attend Sunday a little bit more than just one time a month. Because you get to see people on a more regular basis. The stats say a regular tender today is someone who attends church just one time a month now. But I would also add, you're missing out on a lot if you are included in that stat. Hebrews 10.25 simply just says this. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage with one another, especially now that the day of his return, Jesus' return, is drawing near. So make Sunday a priority. Attend Sunday service. And if you're traveling, attend church somewhere else. Attend Sunday service. It's a really big part of your life. Number two is this one. Join a community group. I already touched base on this one. Uh, there are groups that meet a couple times a month. These are our community groups at Rock Church. They're groups of people from all types of walks and backgrounds and types and, and life stages. And they come together around food. Thank you, Jesus. And the very least, at least some good coffee. And they talk about all sorts of different things. Right now, our community groups, they run uh, on a bi-weekly uh, basis. And they hash out on Sunday service. Some of them meet at, uh, at a restaurant. Some of them meet at my house uh, or other people's houses. But these are our community groups. Now, I encourage you guys to join them. And if you're a student 6th to 12th grade, we have Rock Youth, which is really a community of students that meet on Wednesday, each Wednesday night. And if you got a kid from K to 5th, we have Slam on Wednesdays. And really, that's another community for them to be a part of. I encourage you guys to be a part of a community group. Each of these areas, really, they cultivate community, and you can find community in these areas. Number three is this, serve on the dream team. Serve on the dream team. In your worship guide, actually not in your worship guide, um, they'll be back there. There's these orange cards, and what they do is they uh, allow you to see where, if you want to, serve at the Rock Church. Even on your connection card, there's a little box that says serve on Sundays. Really, the dream team is kind of the umbrella. I know it's kind of a cheesy name, but really the dream team encompasses all our volunteers. We have about 70% volunteer rate at our church, which is amazing, and it takes a lot of people to do what we do here. And they're called the dream team. They make things happen. We have cafe. We have security team for the safety of our church. Uh, we have ushering. We have uh, kids rock, which they take about 12 volunteers on a Sunday. Uh, people on the sound booth. We have the worship team. And all these different areas where if you'd like to, you can get plugged in to serve on the dream team. But much more, it's not just serving. It's also community where you get to serve along other people, people that you wouldn't even know unless you served with. You get to know people. And really, this is how the church functions. The whole chapter in verse 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about how it takes multiple people to chip in to make the body of Christ run efficiently with excellence. And really, you guys are doing an amazing job. For those of you on the dream team, I can look around. And I know a lot of you guys already serve. Thank you guys for serving. And for those of you who don't serve, think about it. Think about serving on, on the dream team. It's much more than just serving, but it's really having community with one another. And number four is this, is be involved in my city. Now, we have talked to up to this point about having community with one another in the church. And really, that's really, really important. But here's one I want to impress on you. Be present in your community. 
Be present in your city. If you live in North Platte, be present in North Platte. If you live in Sutherland, be present in Sutherland. If you are, are, are living somewhere else, be present in those communities. The one big mistake we make, church, the one big mistake is only having community in the church. Community is important, and, and that's what we've talked about. But on the flip side, if all we see is just church, 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 we actually don't see the greater mission of Jesus, and that's those who don't even know him yet. And so I just want to kind of submit just for your thinking, is do you have community with those who don't know Jesus? Do you know someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ? Do you know your neighbor? Do you know your coworkers? Do you know your boss? Those in your parent groups or those where your kids go to school, like, do you know them? Do you have community with them? Because I believe as Christians, we can bring our community, this community right here, we can bring this community to our city and be involved with those who are not involved with our church or even have the same faith. I believe God really wants to do something great in our city. In fact, I just got done meeting with a bunch of other pastors talking about Good Friday service and some of the things from Nebraska land days. And the one thing we found in common, I've said this before, is all of our churches are growing. Like God is doing something amazing in North Platte. And I believe when we contribute it is because our churches, we are present in our community. So I just want to encourage you, keep being present. Know people around you. Be the light of Christ. Have friendships outside of church. It's okay. They're not going to get their sin cooties all over you. But have friendships outside of the church. My wife and I, we have friends outside of the church. And let me tell you, it is amazing. They don't even attend a church. But the first people they want to call when they have a crisis or they want something to be celebrated, they call us. And we celebrate with them. And we cry with them. And what it does, it fosters, again, this community. And when that light switch happens of like, why are you doing this for me? We can say, well, because we're in a community of something bigger. We're part of the Rock Church community. Some of you have started coming to church here because that happened in your own life. There's stories all around us that talk about this. If you want to see the school system change people, be present in the school community. If you want North Platte to change, be present in the North Platte community. And in fact, a lot of you, you're already doing this and you don't even know it. A lot of you, you're making a difference in our city by just being a part of all the different communities. Like you're a part of Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or coaching Little League or just being on the swim team or just all those different things. We call that doing life. But what you don't know that you're being the light of Christ into the community. And I want to make you aware of that because when you go out and do life with intentionality of Jesus Christ, that makes you a missionary. That makes you an ambassador of Christ. That makes you a person on mission for Jesus. I believe if we make community matter to us personally and in our church, and in even these four areas, God only knows what we can do. We can plant churches. I believe we can do that. I believe we can fund or start organizations to help our city. I, I, I believe we can be a church that, God forbid, if our doors ever close, the city would actually miss us. 
I believe we can be that. So let me end with this. Community, it it brings fellowship and it brings love for one another. People will be drawn to us, the church and Jesus, because for our love of one another, that love, that, that fellowship, that community, that koinonia is done through community. Community, it strengthens the church. The lack of community will split the church, cause churches to close, pit churches against one another, allowing the enemy to disrupt God's plan for the church. But I want to show you what Jesus says. And this will be the last thing I read this morning. This is Jesus talking. He's at the Last Supper. I want you to see how important community and even unity is important to Jesus. It says this, verse 31. It says, as soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory and God be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son and he will do it so at once. But then he says this, and he's talking to them as, as, as a father would to his kids. He's, like, he's giving them a pep talk. And he says this, verse 33, he says, Dear children, I'm only going to be with you for a little while. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you're, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another, and this is why community is so important, church. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We can have the best outreach strategies in the world, but if we don't have true community, they're not going to work. The best outreach strategy that we can have is to have community with one another. And so I say this, we're going to have a potluck following after this. I encourage you all to be a part of it. It's a bunch of free food. Who here likes free food? I do, right? And if you have something, bring it. If you don't, who cares? Come anyway. There's going to be plenty of food. But during this time, our church has really grown over the last year. In fact, we've doubled over the last year. And a lot of us, we don't know one another. You don't know each other's names, how each other quirks. You guys know who I am. That's just me. What about you guys? Do you you know each other? So I encourage you, be a part of today. Be a part of this potluck. If you want to be the business meeting, awesome. It's okay. It only lasts about 30 minutes. But more importantly, be a part of the lunch that follows after this. And it's not because this is going to solve community. By any means, this doesn't solve community as a whole. But it's a start. Get to know people. Talk with people. And know each other. And bring community. So will you guys bow your heads really quick?